Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I love that God's presence isn't, uh, it's not stopped by place. It's all about proximity. Sometimes we think of God as in a church, in a specific building, specific place. We place God, you know. We see these steeples, we see these pews, it's like, oh, that's God. But God's a God of proximity. And when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, he tore the veil so that no longer was it a place. But now it's all about our proximity with him. So we jump in, man. Welcome to Brunch Church. Man, we are uh, so excited about this season, y'all. This is a wild ride that we're on right now. Um, We just celebrated four years as a church and moving into, yeah, that's exciting. God's so good. He's been faithful every step of the way. And uh, I remember back four years ago, we actually launched out of our church, out of our house. So this is deja vu, y'all. Y'all just coming into our deja vu. We've already been here, done that. Um, But welcome back. Uh, We we have a place that we believe that God has um, given us to kind of move into a home. So we're we're going after that. So that's in the process right now. We're kind of talking through every detail and all the good things that come with moving into a new home. Um, But for the time being, we really feel God's leading us to a place where we get connected to him on a deeper level and connected to each other. And so we went back to the books of Acts and said, where did the church start? It started in homes. This is where it all began. It started around the table, around good food. Well, I don't know. It doesn't say it was good food, but we're going to make it good food, okay? This is like Acts Church 2.0. We're going to go up a notch, upgrade. Everybody ready for an upgrade? You ready for an upgrade of what God wants to do in your life this season? See, I believe that this season is going to be a season for our church uh, for those of you online, for this, those of you in this room, where we're going to create a bond together. Now, we always say this, we do life together. And for a lot of you, you felt that in this church. Some of you are new. I've seen some new faces today, which is exciting. Maybe some of you online, you never visited the community. And so you don't know what that means when we say we do life together. You're like, oh, is that just a cool church tagline? And for us, it's not. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we do day in, day out. This isn't a Sunday thing. This is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. We believe in doing life together. I believe this season will be a season for a lot of you to connect into a family, not just go to a church, not just attend something, but become a part of something bigger than you. Become a part of something that God wants to do in this city. We believe uh, we came four years ago just with the heart, um, just hearing God's voice saying, hey, I wanna transform a city so that we can transform the world. And uh, we believe wholeheartedly that Philadelphia is, is one of God's favorite cities, okay? It's just, I know that. I know that. I've talked to him a lot about it, right? Um, but we believe in Philly. And we know that right now it doesn't always look like the vision that God has for it. But that's why we're here, to be light, to be light. So we're lighting the place up, okay? Everywhere we go, we get the place lit. That's what we do as King's Kids. We always come in and we change the temperature of the room. That's, right. That's, right. That's why even in this space, today, this isn't a living room. 
I was in here at five o'clock praying over you. So it's been, it's been a church. It's been a church since early this morning. Y'all are just stepping into it. But this atmosphere is different. It's not just people singing a song coming in. This is kingdom, kingdom atmosphere. That's what we do. It's what we do as King's kids. We come around and we light places up. We bring up the atmosphere. So I want to talk about brunch church. What does that look like for these maybe four or five weeks um, as we navigate this together, as we grow community, um, as we look around and say, who can we invite to the table? What does it look like? We got to go back to Acts uh, chapter two. I'm old school, so I like to read out of the the real Bible. But if you got a light up Bible, that's cool. I'm not going to judge you. I will not judge you. Um, NIV, baby. Um, The reason I love this Bible, too, is because it was my grandfather's uh, who passed away this last year. And uh, he was a mighty man of God. I love reading this thing because as I flip through, I see the notes scribbled in here. Now, it's funny because a lot of these I can't read because he has terrible handwriting. And he passed it down to me. I got terrible handwriting. It looks like a four-year-old took over my Bible. But sometimes I'll, I'll text my aunt with a screenshot of the page and I'll be like, hey, can you read this to me? <laughs> like, I want to know what this means. I'm sure this is something powerful. But it's, a, it's powerful when you get into God's word and let it read you. There's a difference between reading God's word and reading it with the spirit alongside of you, knowing that he's trying to show you, investigate you, get down deep in your spirit. How many know the word of God transforms you to become the powerful agent of change? right? We call this church change, but I mean, it really is full. When we say change, we don't mean a building. We need, it's a place. It's a space full of change makers. That's what makes change church. It's a church full of change makers, people who are on mission, making a difference. And so, all right, turn with me in your Bibles, Acts chapter two, verse 42. If you want to, if you want to get lit in your Bible reading and you feel a little bland, Go to Acts, read from the start and go all the way through. It talks about the beginning of the church and what God did. He moved powerfully. This is what I believe that God is gonna do uh, in the season in your life. Uh, Some of you are already experiencing it and some of you haven't. Some of you have grown up in a church or maybe you've been indoctrinated with with, uh, being a powerful prayer warrior, seeing the hand of God move. And so this is old hat to you. Some of you, you've never experienced that. Maybe you've been a part of a place that, really capitalized on religion, right? And so it was all a doctrine thing or all something. And so you've never experienced the power of God. And so today I believe that in these next five weeks, as we gather together around a table, we're gonna build community, but we're gonna build community with God and you're gonna know his heart and you're gonna realize he has a grand plan for you, a grand plan for you. Now, the beautiful thing is we're gonna do this together. Everybody say together. Together. I feel like I'm preaching a wedding right now. Let's go through the word together. Coming together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's read it together. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers, everybody say all, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, everybody say every day. Every day. Every day. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread. Amen. Hallelujah. Probably that honey wheat stuff. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know about honey wheat? Do I have any believers in the room? They broke bread, the good stuff. Nature's promise, honey, bread. I gotta get past the bread. In their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Everybody say daily. Now notice it doesn't say the Lord added to their number on Sundays. <laughs> it says daily, daily. Why? This is doing life together daily. Every day of the week, we do life together. I'll point out a couple things in this scripture, and then I want to read, um, go on in Acts chapter, chapter four. It continues on. I'm telling you, it's, the whole, it's a whole book. You got to read it all. But I'm just going to give you pieces uh, of the puzzle here. So you have to understand that the Holy Spirit came down on the church and transformed everything. This is the things that they were seeing Jesus do and the miraculous signs and wonders now were available to all. Jesus said, I got to go to heaven. And when I go to heaven, I'm going to send you a helper. And this helper is going to give you a power that's going to confirm the word. Everybody say confirm. Confirm the word. There's a lot of words in our, our society, our culture, a lot of things that we can believe and put our trust into, put our faith in. I mean, right now, you're putting faith in a chair. You know, you came into my house trusting that nothing crazy was going to go on when you walked into this room, right? We're all together here with faith. You have faith in things. But God said, I'm going to send you, or Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, that's going to confirm the word. So you don't just rely on a word. You can have faith on solid signs that I am real. I'm powerful. I'm mighty. And this is what God wants to do in the church today. We're seeing a great shaking in our nation. I mean, goodness, you look around and it's one after the other. There are signs that the end is coming. I mean, it's just, it's very obvious. You don't have to be a theologian now. You can see revelations every time you look out your window. I saw a meme the other day. It's like, I look out my window and see what chapter of Revelation are we living in today, you know? It's like, the end is here, you know? And not to be doomsday, this is an exciting time for the church because guess what? We're still in the grace period. Isn't that great news? We have not yet received the judgment. Praise the Lord. The wrath of God was all on Jesus so that we could receive grace. Hallelujah. We can still get right. We can still save people. We can still bring people into the good news of Jesus. We got time. But let me tell you, we're in the 11th hour. It's not time to twiddle our thumbs and say, how do we make our church cool? It's not time to twiddle our thumbs and say, well, I don't know if we want to offend people. No, we over that stage, baby. We over that stage. We're, we're so past the fact of, will we offend? We have to speak the truth. This is the time people need truth. But, it was in the devotion, the devotion. Well, look at chapter four, chapter four, verse 32. In verse 32, it says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. What? With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. 
There were no needy persons among them. You know, that's a crazy community, right? You step into this community, all of a sudden, all your needs are met. Why? They were one. And another translation says they, were, they had everything in common. Everything was commonplace. Nothing was mine. Nothing was yours. If you stepped into this community, it was all up for grabs. It was everybody doing what, what they could to bring it to the table to make change happen for one cause, one heart, one mind. It says, from that time to time, those who owned lands or houses said to them, uh, sold them, sorry, and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and they distributed it to anyone who had need. This is a crazy community. It's a community that devoted themselves to the cause. They had hurt, they had felt, rather, they had felt the presence of God, had the power of God working in their community, and they were under this perfect unity. Now, unity, that's a big buzzword today, right? Everybody's wanting unity. Everybody's wanting to lay down everything and and become unified. But Jesus came to bring perfect unity, which is different than what we're talking about today. Today, we might talk about unifying over a cause or unify over, I don't know, something we all see eye to eye on, right? So we'll go stand in the street. We'll hold signs. We'll believe with each other because we're unified under that thing. Jesus was talking about a different kind of unity. It was a unity where we were one in heart and mind. Literally, we come in sync with each other. Now, um, a guitar, so you have to realize that this guitar, if it comes out of tune, it can sound really bad, right? Just terrible. But as soon as they become in sync, as soon as every string becomes E, A, B, D, whatever they are, uh, it's been a while. So, But as soon as they become underneath that sinking of the same heart and mind, they create beautiful music. They create something that we all love to hear. And this is what happens in the church. When we become in perfect unity, when we become unified in our mission, one heart, one mind, this is why we're here. This is what we do. We're all speaking the same thing. And this is when the power of God is effective because we show the world in our unity and are together in selfless love. See, unified in the world's eyes it could be conditional unity, right? So we come into unity, but as soon as you do something that's a little bit outside of what I think our agreement is, that condition has been broken. So no longer are we unified. But Jesus was talking about a perfect unity. When we come into one, we are together in one mind, one heart, Therefore, we move together. We flow together. If you need, I need too. If you're hungry, I'm hungry too. If, you, if you're in want, I want to meet that need. Why? Because you're a part of me. You're my family. And this is the whole thing of doing life together is changed is what we believe wholeheartedly in is that if anybody in our body is in need or is sick or is going through a hard time, we celebrate highs together. Oh, we celebrate. Mm. We love to celebrate here. We celebrate everything. We celebrate teeth loss. We celebrate just everything. I'm going blank here, but we celebrate it all. Ashley has a cake and going out to eat for everything. She's like, oh my goodness, we just closed this, or we just did this with the church, or we just did this as a family. The kids just did this test. Let's celebrate. And it's always around food. We love food. It's good, but we celebrate the highs together. That's what we do as a family. We're devoted to one another to say, hey, if you win, I win. If you lose, we all lost. So let's go at this thing together. 
And that's why in accountability and love and discipleship, we disciple one another saying, hey, you need to win. Because if you win, we all win. If you lose, we all lose. If, if your life's falling apart, if you're not rocking the things of God, then the word's not being confirmed in our body. And so we, we walk together. The word devotion literally means faithfulness to something to which one is bound by pledge. Bound by pledge. Um, is, is any of the kids up there? No? That's right. Daniel, come here. I just need your help real quick. This is Danielle. Oh. Now, Danielle represents someone. Oh, Ane. Hi, how you doing, girl? Good to see you. She's peeking over the side there. Danielle, you are a Christian walking through life. And let's say you don't have a community. And so this is you, right? So as soon as a storm comes, it can push you right over, okay? But let me get a DJ. Come on up here. But look at the power of what happens. And just move over just a little bit right here. Now, DJ, pretty cool guy. This is DJ. He's here for the food today. I'm here for the food. We're all here for the food. Hallelujah. But this is what happens when, when unity takes place. Uh, go ahead and lock arms for me, just like this. There you go. Now you have a stronghold. And this is what we create. When we think of strongholds, sometimes in the Christian community, we can think negative, right? We're breaking strongholds, breaking strongholds of hate and the devil and all this stuff. But, but what God calls us to do in perfect unity is create perfect strongholds that can't be broken. See, a stronghold is something that can't be broken, but when we create strongholds in love, we create strongholds in, in, in joy together, celebrating together, in doing life together, and, and picking up the pieces together and saying, hey, if you hurt, I hurt, I'm here for you. Then we create a stronghold that when the storm comes, now you got a solid. You got a solid. Now think of this. If we combine this, keep this going around the room, and we have a wall. Oh, here, lock arms, man. There you go. Man, whoa, you're, you're strong. All right, careful, I'm fragile. All right, so we, now we're a stronghold. Now come at us, right? Because we're a force to be reckoned with. And this is what happens when we unify, when we devote ourselves by pledge. Now see, this is a pledge. This is saying, I got you. I'm not gonna let you fall. I'm not, I'm not gonna let you fail. I'm not gonna let you do that. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. You, your beard looks amazing, man. You gotta teach me how to do that. But this is what perfect unity looks like. This is what we're building as a family. We're saying, hey, we got a mission we're going after, uh, but the world's crazy, right? But how many know the darker the world gets, the easier it is to light it up? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the darker our world gets, the easier it is to be light. But let's say if Danielle's going through something hard, there, there might be some darkness that she's facing or a mountain she's trying to overcome or sickness she's coming at. And so that's when we come in and say, we got you. We're gonna partner with you in prayer. You're not gonna be siloed over there praying on your own, hoping and wishing that God, no. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst and anything they ask for in my name shall be done. Woo! So this unity now creates power. We create power around these things. We're like, okay, we believe in with you and we're gonna see it happen together because that's perfect unity. Thank you guys so much. Give it up for my amazing talent. Amazing talent. But this is what they devoted themselves to. And this is what I wanna look at over these weeks of just 
as a community, as a body, as we come together as family, as we say we're going to do life together, we're going to launch this thing. As we look to the season ahead where God is, is making a home for us, we're excited. We're, we're pumped about that. But as we do this together, what do we devote ourselves to? Here's what they devoted themselves to. These are the things that are super important for us as a body. So if you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, they devoted themselves to the teachings of Jesus. Hearing the word, practicing the word. Hearing the word, practicing the word. How many know if you go to school and you read, you know, you're getting lectured and you have your teacher teach you, but you never write anything down. How many know that probably you're not going to remember it for the test later, right? Notes are your friend. Paper never forgets, right? And so the same thing with the word of God is when we hear the word, uh, he he said it to um, Habakkuk. He said, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets. Why? Because when it's written down, it's plain on tablets. Those who see it and read it can run. The same goes for us. When we hear the word of God, when we devote ourselves to saying, I want to follow that, we write it down so that we can read it, we can meditate on it, we can murmur under our breath so that it becomes a part of who we are. This is what the Bible, this is what the the church was doing. They were devoting themselves to the teaching. They were devoting themselves to hear and to practice. To say, okay, we just learned about love. Now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to love. Every day, we're going to look for ways to love. And they devoted themselves to that. The next thing they devoted themselves to was fellowship. Now, the Greek word here, um, Paul often employed, it appears here that is like Luke and Acts, but the basic meaning is association, communion, fellowship, close relationship. Now, this was a bond that was happening in the midst of this body. I don't know if you've ever been a part of groups or organizations or anything where you come in and you're part of it, uh, but then you leave and you're disassociated with it. So all throughout, when you're not in the meeting, you have no connection to it. But he was talking about a devotion of a fellowship. Now, when you come into uh, my family, so my kids, they come into my house, right? Because they live here. When we had kids, they were a part of my family. Therefore, every day we were in communion. Now, when Ane or Zion is having a bad day, doesn't, you know, give us the right to say, well, you're having a bad day, so you no longer are kids. You're outside today. I'm sorry, there's a tent on the roof. Y'all can live there for a week. It'd just be inhumane as a family, right? Just, you'd be like, you're the worst dad in the world. You know, somebody come in and take your kids because that is terrible. No, they're family. And so this is what... The, the church was uh, dedicating themselves, devo- devoting themselves to was a fellowship where we're family, where we're one with one another. And then good, bad, ugly, I don't care, bring it all to the table. We always say that you can come as you are here. And it just doesn't mean a dress because, you know, we're a little casual here. So but it doesn't just mean a dress. It means everything. All the things you got going on. You got doubts about God? Great, bring them in. You got, you got things in the past that have hurt you. And so now you hurt people, bring it in. Bring it in. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. He works so much out with his fire. Fire purifies. We don't purify. You're not going to come in here. I'm going to say, all right, listen up. That's what you need to do. Take care of that edge. Take care of that. You need to get right in there. No, that's what the Holy Spirit does. As you read the word, as you devote yourself to the teachings of Jesus, you're going to understand. You're going to hear Holy Spirit's going to knock on you and say, that part of you needs to change. 
This party needs to smoothen out. Why? He's making you a part of the fellowship. The fellowship. Now, my kids, they can't get away with anything if they're in this home. I'm sorry. You can't be a brat. You can be spoiled. Okay, we'll spoil you to kingdom come. I love my kids and my wife. She is the worst at spoiling. She is so good. She just spoils them rotten. But that's the rule. You can't be rotten. You can be spoiled, but you can't be a brat. You can be spoiled, but you have to stay underneath the blessing and favor of the fellowship. And that's what we do. We all come in saying, we're going to devote ourselves. So this is Kenneth devoting himself, Gene devoting himself, DJ, you're devoting yourself, Devin, you're devoting yourself. And we're all coming and saying, we're devoting ourselves to the teaching of Jesus so that we can become one with one another, devoted to the fellowship so that we are family, devoted to one another. And then the last thing comes out of that fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Hallelujah. I love that this is in here because I love food. We love Philly for that reason. Philly is full of good food. If y'all haven't had some good restaurants, stick around. We'll take you to some of our favorites because we love food. And there's a, it's an amazing thing that happens when you sit around a table with somebody, isn't it? I mean, you can get to know somebody in this context, but when you go out to eat with them and you're sitting, guards come down, you're chilling, asking questions, getting deeper. And I believe that God knew that. And so he created the church around the table. He said, get together and break bread. That's why Jesus, when his disciples, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Break bread. Break bread, drink, drink, be together. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the power of fellowship. Comes the breaking of bread, eating a meal together, getting to know someone's story. And I encourage you in these weeks, don't do this just to come for the food. And it's really good, okay? But do this to find a good friend. Do this to investigate our family, to create fellowship, to come in to say, who are you? What's your background? What's your story? What you got going on? Where you been? Where you headed? Just getting deep with people because this is the devotion, dedication to the fellowship, okay? And the last thing uh, of these four things that they devoted themselves to was time of prayer and seeking God. And again, that comes out of the fellowship. When we're together, we hear each other's needs, right? You may be like, oh, I'm really struggling right now. Financially, spiritually, physically, I got this going on in my family. Uh, you know, a, a lot of us in this room, we've lost loved ones in this season. Those even overseas, those uh, you know, across the country that we're praying for together. But we're, we're, we're coming into fellowship. And once we understand the fellowship, once we hear your heart, then you come into this place of praying together. You're like, hey, I'll partner with you in that. And then the power of unity comes alive in that space. So we're devoted. Everybody say devoted. Devoted. We're linked together. Linked together. One heart, one mind. Now, why, why is this so important? Why do we care about doing life together? Because how many know relationships are messy? Anybody had a relationship? Anybody... Uh, know that family, even family, is messy. There can be a lot of things that, because everybody's bringing their stuff to the table, right? Like it's messy. It gets messy because we always don't see eye to eye or you might've had things happen to you so your experience is different than mine. And so I might be saying one thing and you're like, I don't agree at all because your experience is different. But what I've encountered, what I've experienced creates my uh, 
my ability to see things differently. But why do we care? Why do we care about this table? Why do we care about bringing people to the table? You see, the church was marked by things. And this is one thing I really want to focus on as change. This is what we care about and what we're talking about as a staff and, and a team and just what we're obsessed with is how the church is redefining who Jesus is. But the church only redefines who Jesus is if they become something that's different. If we launch a church and we just become like every other church or we just become like every other thing that you've ever been to, you know, and it's full of just whatever, the things of life, things of people, things of humanity. If we just become that, there's no confirmation of the word. But this church was marked. Other other words, they were confirmed. Confirmed. There was something different about them. And this is what I believe that God's going to do as we devote ourselves. As you say, hey, for these weeks, I'm going to devote myself to finding fellowship, to coming around a table, to learning the word of God, and to come into this place. This is what they were marked with. Number one, marked in unity in mind and heart. Mind and heart. Now, why is this so important? And why is this so hard? Because <laughs> mind and heart is marked by experience. Mind and heart are both marked by experience. And this is why the blood of Jesus is so important to what we do. This is why the grace and the healing flow of the Holy Spirit is so important to what we do. Because you come in with your heart and mind marked by things in the past. Every person you see who came into Jesus's viewpoint, pathway, the disciples, you see they were marked. Some were deaf, some were blind, some were sick. People were dealing with things. They had things in their life. And maybe you're not deaf, blind, or have things physically, but maybe you have something emotionally that you're bringing to the table. And maybe you come to Jesus with this mark on you. But the beauty of Jesus, every time he, he brought people from where they were and then marked them with his grace and mercy and brought them to a level of wholeness. How many want to be whole? Whole in mind and heart. Jesus prayed a prayer to God, and we, we talked about this before, but Jesus prayed this prayer to God. He said, as we are one, make them one. He was praying this to get his church to become whole because it's in the place of unity that we become unified in heart and mind. Now, what does that mean? It means Holy Spirit's working at healing both heart and mind. Paul said this, he said, I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. He didn't say I come in and all of a sudden I'm perfected. I'm in perfection now. I'm a Christian, so I got nothing wrong. No, that's false. And if you believe that, then you're gonna be struggling for the rest of your Christian walk. He said, no, I'm transformed by the renewing. It's a process. He said, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. There's a pattern going on outside, but here in this space, here in this family, we're devoting ourselves to to becoming one in heart and mind. This is what God wants for you. He wants you to be whole in heart and mind. He wants you to be healed in heart and mind, that your faith is fresh and built up. How many want that? I want that. For those of you online, we're believing that for you in this season, that this is gonna happen in this space. We're gonna become one in heart and mind. Number two, they're sharing the possessions. I see uh, the mark of generosity 
over this space. That all of a sudden they came in, they said, the pattern of the world is hold mine. No, give me more for me, right? It's all mine. Don't, I can't give, I can't touch, I can't. Uh, if I give of what I have, I won't have enough. I mean, think about the world today. It's just it's everything, just mine, mine, mine. Give me, give me, give me. It's all about me. Self, self-care, self-absorption. I mean, it's just crazy what the mentality is today. But the church said, when we come into one heart and one mind, all of a sudden now, we take on his heart. God so loved the world that he gave. So the generosity came out of the love. When you come into love, it says God is love. And so when you have Christ and you, Paul said, Christ in me, when you accept Jesus as your Lord, it's not just Jesus is Lord over there somewhere. No, no. The beauty thing about this is Christ comes in you. And that's how we can become one in heart and mind is we have Christ in us and Christ is perfecting us. Christ is making us more like him. Christ is making us more lovely and more peace-filled and more joy-filled so that we can do life together. Amen. So sharing possessions, they become a generous church. They became someone who saw a need, filled a need, saw something going on in their city that wasn't right and said, hey, all right, we all got to gather around this and make it right. This isn't, this isn't right. We have to make sure that we are a generous church. I believe God's going to mark you in this season. It's going to mark you. If you already haven't come to that place where you're a generous, you know, giver, if you're someone who, who looks outside and says, how can I help and serve? I believe that this is a season that in this time around the table, when you become one in heart and mind, God's going to transform your heart. All of a sudden, you're going to look out. Your prayers are going to go from selfish, Lord, bless me, touch my house, touch me. And they're going to turn out, Lord, touch my neighborhood, touch those in my church. You're going to go name by name. Why? Because God's transforming you. He's renewing your mind. But as, as, as long as we're along the pattern of the world, we're selfish. But when you come underneath the family of God, when you devote yourselves to the teaching of Christ, come into one mind, one heart, all of a sudden, generosity becomes your natural. What do I need to give? Cool. We got something we need to do. Let's do it. It doesn't matter. Put all resources on the table because this is how we get things done. It's unified in mind and heart. Two, sharing of possessions. Three, power and witness of the apostles. Power is what marked this body. Now, I will say this till all kingdom come. You can have as many churches as you want. If it's not full of the power of God, it's not effective. I'm sorry. It's not effective. Our main agenda here at Change is to make sure that we have the presence of God. Why? God transforms. He heals. Not us. When we have the spirit of God, there's freedom. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. Not where a church gathers, there's freedom. No. Where the spirit of God is, there's freedom. But in this unity, we create a space where God wants to be. He says, where two or three gather in my name. And that's the whole context. It's not just gathering. You can't just go out to eat and just, you know, oh, God must be here. No, it's in the name. It's in the name of Christ. It's with intention. Saying, Christ, we need you here. We want you here. And in that space, his power works through us. And I believe that's what God's gonna do in you in this season. In this unity, in this togetherness, as we come together as one, you're gonna see in your life, all of a sudden your prayers become authoritative and powerful. And as we partner together, I'm telling you, you're gonna need a prayer journal. 
so you can write down what you're praying for and then see how God moved. If you haven't done that, I I encourage you to do that in this season because this is going to be a season where God moves. So power and witness, it's it's what marked the church. It's what's going to mark change. I'm telling you, when we go serve, it's beautiful because we go to serve meals, but we have an agenda, y'all. Yes, we have an agenda. Our agenda isn't just to give you a meal. Our agenda is to make sure you experience the power of God, okay? So everywhere we go, yes, we'll give you a meal, but we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna, we're gonna see the need and fill the need. Everywhere we go, we're always seeing like people limping or something. We're like, hey, what's going on with your hip, leg, whatever? Why? We see an opportunity. There's a need there. Someone has something that marked them and we're Jesus with skin on. We're a body together. So what marks our church? power flowing out of us. And again, maybe some of you haven't experienced that. You said, I don't really believe in all that. That's okay. If you haven't experienced that yet, welcome to change. (laughs) I love our name because it goes with everything. Welcome to change. I was church. This is change. It's different. It's different. Welcome to a body. We're going to unify around this, launch something that God wants to do in this city. God wants a church that is set apart, a church that says, All we want is your heart, is your power affecting our world. That everywhere we go, we affect it with the power of Christ. It's flowing through us. And the last thing is the grace of God rested upon all of them. Okay? The grace of God. The grace of God. We're all here because of the grace of God. We all come to Christ because of the grace. The Bible points this out, is that the grace was upon all of them. So as you move towards the mission of Christ, as you move towards this relationship with one another, as we do this today even, um, we're gonna take some time. We're just gonna pray for one another and, and just really partner with prayer. We believe in the power of unity. We do. We believe in the power of um, association and the power of agreement. The Bible says that when we come into agreement, there I am in the midst of that. I, I rest on that. My Holy Spirit is on that. In fact, when you read the, the beginning of the, the Bible, and it's the first words, right? Was the Spirit was moving upon the water and then God met the Holy Spirit with his word. It was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit coming together as one. And when that happened, the power of unity created. And that's why we do what we do. It's not just Elijah going to save the city. It's not just DJ trying to transform everything around him. No, it's all of us coming together and say we're unified in this. And in this unity, there's power and it's effective. And we transform our world. All right, I close with these things. I want to give you some scriptures, some things that uh, you're going to experience here. What's at the table? Number one living in the fullness of Christ. This is what we talked about, the fullness of Christ, living in the wholeness of who he is. It comes from Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 13. I'm telling you, write these down, get them in your spirit. This is what God's gonna do in the midst of our community. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 13. I'll read them really quick. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say mature. Mature. 
mature. And in other words, fully baked. <laughs> in other words, fully done, matured. When you have cheese, right? It needs to be matured. How many like cheese boards? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I felt a spirit move on that. I believe in cheese. It's a gorgeous thing. It's a beautiful thing. But it has to be matured. The more mature it gets, the better it gets, right? He's talking about a body of Christ that's matured. When we come into unity, we become mature and attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And this is you alive to everything we read. This is you experiencing everything you read in the word of God now in your life, real life. Every day, you're experiencing the power and presence of God. Number two, peace and love. This is what's at the table. When we come to the table, we live in the fullness of Christ, and then we have the peace and love of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind. Again, there's that unity, that unified, perfect unity. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. That love and peace flows in the place of unity. And then we talked about power. Power is in the, in the midst of this table. That comes from Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20. Is this helpful today? Amen. I just want to equip you to get this in your spirit. The word of God is powerful and effective. And so as you read this, as you get it in your spirit, it's gonna become a party. It's gonna build your faith up. You're gonna be able to walk in this because faith without action is dead. But man, you get this faith in you built up. You get a fresh faith every day. You're reading over these things saying, this is what it looks like to be alive in Christ. I have the fullness of Christ. I have the peace and love. Third thing, power, power. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 to 20. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Again, perfect unity. Christ comes and dwells in that space. Power flows out of that space. That's what we want. We want perfect unity. The last thing is purpose. Purpose. You'll hear us say this a lot. We're coming alive to our purpose so that others can find theirs. Why? Purpose is why we're here. Purpose is why we're here. If you're a Christian without purpose, you're a Christian that is dead. I want to breathe life into you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to breathe life into you so that you have purpose. Your purpose is not just to go find a church and sit and be comfy. I'm telling you, it's not. Christ wants to make you alive and well, alive and flowing in the gifts of God so that everywhere you go, you affect it and make it so that someday when you get to heaven, Lord looks at you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You did the will of the Father. Purpose, John chapter 17, verse 23. I in them and you in me so they may be brought into complete unity. Then, everybody say then. Then, Then, once that happens, once complete unity happens, you say, well, our church, you know, we're a little dysfunctional. I'm sorry, it's gotta come under perfect unity. This is where the power flows. This is where the purpose flows. It says, then the world will know that you sent me and that love, that I'm sorry, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved us. So the marking of Christ, the marking of knowing who he is, the marking of of being effective and powerful and purpose-filled is Christ in us in unity, in unity. I wanna pray today. I wanna take a couple minutes and just uh, pray for one another, partner in prayer. 
I don't know how you came in today, or maybe this is your first time to this community. I want to encourage you to really take these weeks and be intentional about jumping into community. This is where God moves. This is where God's spirit rests. And I believe that you can experience God in a real way. And maybe you've never experienced him in a way that you felt tangibly the presence of God or you felt tangibly the power of God. Or maybe you've never seen a miracle. Maybe you've never seen his hand work where you're like that is there's no other way than God moved in that. Maybe you've never seen that. I want to encourage you to step in and give him a chance. Step in and let God be God in your life. Step into community and let that perfect unity come alive that the fullness of Christ becomes your inheritance. That literally you walk around with the peace and love of Christ because you're part of a body, part of a unified thing. So I want to pray today. We're just going to put on um, some worship music. Um, and as we do, why don't you just find one person, maybe you came with somebody, you can just find them and say, hey, how can I pray with you today? How can I partner with you in prayer And those of you watching online, I encourage you, if you're watching with somebody right now, take a moment and pray with them. Come into that agreement and unity and prayer and let God move as we look to this season. Maybe you're believing for something in this season. Maybe you're believing for God to move on a certain situation, on a different position. Maybe you feel God transitioning you to something else. Hey, I believe that God's gonna flow in this moment. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.